Namaste everyone. Welcome to the Charvak Podcast. This is your host Kushal Mehra. My guest today is Dr. Ravinder Kaur Dhaliwal. Dr. Kaur is an assistant professor in the Department of English University School of Open Learning, Punjab University, Chandigarh since 2014. Her PhD thesis was on the topic Social Media and Political Activism, a Critical Study of Dalit Blogs. She did her MPhil where she worked on the topic Feminist Concerns in the George Eliot's Mill on the Floss. She has presented a number of papers in international and national seminars, mainly focusing on feminism, social media, and Dalit activism. She has presented her views on Dalit issues in Punjab and in India at various national and international seminars, workshops, and conferences. Her areas of interest are feminism, post-colonial literature and theory, cultural studies, new media studies, Dalit studies, and non-friction prose. She's a member of the Dalit community, and because of that, she's also part of the academia, and she is committed to representing her community and working for them in all possible capacities. So on that note, Dr. Dal- Dr. Kaur, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me, Kishore. All right. So, Dr. Kaur, let's start with this. As, uh, as uh, everybody knows, that the topic of today's podcast is casteism in Punjab. Now, obviously, I'm, I, my ethnicity is Punjabi too, uh, although I'm born and raised in uh, Maharashtra. But uh, uh, you know, you can take a Punjabi out of Punjab, not Punjab out of a Punjabi. So obviously, this this issue was very dear to me. And people who follow me on the podcast know that I've always been very passionate when it comes to the issue of caste and casteism and discrimination that emanates out of it. But let's start with this, uh, Dr. Kaur. Let's, let's get into this first, where we try maybe looking at the various images, whether it's the pop culture image or whatever, that stand as they do today. So so could you tell everybody a bit about that? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, so first of all, thank you once again, Kushal, for inviting me and uh, giving me this opportunity to share my views on casteism in Punjab. So one has to understand that there are many Punjabs in public perception. And the one that you're talking about is one of them. And the first one is that where Punjab is known as an agricultural state dominated by Jats. And that's what you get to know from popular Punjabi songs and movies as well. You see, we have movies like Jat and Juliet, Jat Live, Jat James Bond, and songs like Pindawale Jat, Put Jat Da, Jat Kaum, Jat Te Jawani, Jugadi Jat. You know, imagine. Uh, you know, so this makes uh, outsider feel as if Punjab is all about Jats and the Jat culture, you know. And there is another Punjab that you find in Bollywood movies, where Punjabis are shown as laughing, giggling, cracking funny jokes all the time. In fact, they are depicted as clowns, uh, you know, at times. That's what we have, you know, written against many a times. Or... They are shown as rich, prosperous, happy-go-lucky type doing bhangra. You know, you must have seen in DDLJ and also in Job We Met. You know? So you see in popular cinema, also, you know, in uh, popular music in Punjab, uh, you know, it has become all about Jats. Uh, if you allow me, I can talk further about the various other perceptions of Punjab. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. So, you know, then there, there's another perception of Punjab, which is NRI Punjab. You know, perceived and imagined by Punjabis who left their motherland in search of work. But despite their geographical distance from Punjab, they remain connected and they participate in all the important decisions of the state. You know, we read like at various platforms, like how they have been contributing, like whenever there is political or cultural or economic, uh, you know, upheavals in the, in, in the state, they would be uh, always, you know, participating and investing. So being an ethnic minority and also being a state dominated by a particular ethnic group that is six, uh, it is seen as an exception in the country. And it is citizens, despite changing their nationality, are not really able to disconnect. You know, So this is another perception. Even in the Punjabi movies these days, you would find like most of, you know, those movies are set in Canada. And uh, wherein, you know, uh, they, these, these people would be shown longing for their motherland. You know, so this is third image of Punjab, apart from, uh, you know, the one in in popular Bollywood movies and in Punjabi uh, cinema. And then we have this Punjab known for its political upheavals, you know. It has seen number of foreign invaders, 
number of marches and also devastating historical events such as partition, 1984 massacre, and then the Khalistani movement and many more. So it has always, you know, remained, uh, you know, in the headlines for its political upheavals as well. But one thing is pointed uh, time and again that the politics in Punjab has always remained disconnected from, or we can say uninfluenced from the state or the center, right? So this is another, you know, thing about Punjab, which kind of, you know, separates it from the, from the other states in India. And then there is one more, uh, you know, Punjab, which is found in Punjabi literature, where you see darker side of Punjabi culture, because it is flooded with stories of partition, gender discrimination, agriculture crisis, class conflict, and also sometimes caste. I must tell you that caste as a theme in Punjabi literature comes, you know, at a much later stage. It is a recent phenomenon. People were not talking about caste in Punjabi literature. You know, they would talk about rights of women and the workers. And then during this movement called uh, Progressive Writers Movement in Punjab, I mean, they were all talking about class conflict and how class is responsible for the victimization of the various, uh, you know, um, various groups and where they would also talk about caste, uh, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, from the perspective of class only, they'll be like, uh, Dalits are, you know, uh, in a vulnerable position because they are lacking resources, not because they belong to particular caste. It is only recently that uh, Dalit writers have come to the forefront to argue this, 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 this kind of, you know, concept where this caste is a determining factor to the social reality, which has to be accepted because it defines our identity. I think I can take up uh, that issue later. So now in this kind of scenario, one has to see which Punjab we are referring to and where mm -hmm. are Dalits located in it. You know, you see in the popular, uh, you know, imagination in Bollywood movies and elsewhere, uh, nowhere, uh, you know, there is this mentioning of uh, scheduled caste or Dalits of Punjab, right? In how many Bollywood movies or in how many Punjabi movies or Punjabi songs you have or, you know, a, a mentioning of, of, a, of, a, of a Chamar or of a Majabi Sikh or of uh, a Valmiki. Nowhere, you know. So, on the other hand, if you look at the 2001 census, Dalits became, uh, you know, other are the largest population like in case of you know other like as compared to other states in india the population of SEs in punjab is the largest you know yeah. it is uh, said that it is about 30 percent so in i Maja, think the latest consensus said it was 33 percent if i remember yeah yeah it is about 30 percent that's what i've seen so 33 percent and there is no mention of such people in the in the, in the popular cinema and elsewhere, even in literature, right? So in case of Maja, Malwa, and Duaba region, that's how Punjab is divided on the basis of the cultures and the languages which are used in these regions. The largest concentration of SC is in Duaba region, okay? And uh, in case of SC population, majority of them are Majbi Sikhs and then come Chamars and then Valmikis and then there are other, uh, you know, community, SC community, which are in minority in in Punjab. So, uh, you know, let's look at it. SE population in Punjab is larger than in, in any other state in India, you know, and then despite that, there is no reference to them, you know. And also, I mean, this is a, uh, you know, this is the, the idea that, that, that uh, you know, we are, we are taking up today. In sub cheese, okay, Babu, largest population here. Despite that, it is seen as a state where caste discrimination does not happen or does not exist, you know. So, here we are today arguing or, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, reflecting upon this idea that casteism in Punjab exists or not. You know? So, now if one goes back to the history of casteism in Punjab, it can be noticed that casteism in Punjab has never been practiced on purity pollution syndrome. You know, that is to say, the sense of defilement by touch or shadow has never been there. You know? If you read Om Prakash Valmiki's uh, Jutan, 
you know such references are found where even in uh, at many places in south india you know uh, the presence of uh, you know ases or dalits was considered as defiling you know then you have to purify yourself if you have come across a dalit so the casteism in punjab was never practiced on these lines it was more or less like haves and have nots uh, you know kind of kind of syndrome where uh, scheduled castes were always landless resourceless that is why they had to work under the jats the land owning community and that's how you know they they kind of dominate the region because they are having uh, you know control over the resources that is land right so untouchability the way it is practiced in other parts of india has never seen in punjab and i am going to talk briefly about the reasons behind that okay sure. first is very weak influence of brahmanism okay people did not really revered or respected brahmins they took their advice on special occasions for example on marriages or the child birth or like somebody passes away but brahmins did not enjoy a position of privilege in in punjab and behind that also there is a history because punjab being a border state there was number of you know uh, muslim invaders were there you know who did not uh, you know allow uh, brahmins to to flourish really i mean the temples were demolished and there were other things you know were happening so brahmins did not really enjoy that position of privilege as they did in other parts of the country that became one of the reasons so there was less influence of brahmanism in punjab for that reason as well in fact there was more influence of islam than many researchers would say that and then there was this influence of saint tradition you know where we have philosophers or the thinkers gurus like guru nanak dev ji and then we have saint kabir and we have bhagat namdev and uh, guru ravidas you know such people belonging to uh, you see so called uh, lower caste or low community except guru nanak dev ji the other ones that i have mentioned so that also in a way you know influenced in challenging the uh, casteist uh, traditional lines uh, in punjab okay and then there was also influence of sikhism we can never ignore that because 60% of uh, you know population in punjab today they, they are sikhs okay and sikh gurus and and the gurbani guru granth sahib uh, you know is a is a kind of you know A, a religious book that Sikhs really value and worship, and uh, there you know, uh, Gurbani of even uh, like Bhagat Namdev or Kabir or Gurnanak and everybody's Gurbani is there recorded in that in that religious book that we worship. So this uh, religious book, Guru Granth Sahib, it teaches us that all people, irrespective of their caste, creed, religion, class, they should all be treated equally. you know so this particular religion too is responsible for uh, you know comparatively better position of scheduled caste in punjab okay and then there is this contribution by arya samaj movement and also the singh sabha movement in punjab you know arya samaj is a people belonging to uh, you know um, uh, i mean i can say uh, so called abkas people and uh, you know they would they would try uh, for inclusion of dalits into their fold and they would purify them you know and some kind of rituals will be performed in order to bring them out of the uh, you know that particular status of a lower caste and and they and they did great job and they educated them and then as a result of that many you know as he thinkers or as he leaders were produced uh, you know as a result of that movement and this this played a, a great role in kind of uh, you know uh, uplifting uh, dalits in punjab and then last but not the least we had this adharmi or this comparatively uh, you know uh, recent phenomena and uh, here uh, you know dalits they kind of proclaimed that uh, you know they should not be considered lower caste and they kind of rejected the caste system and they were like our religion is adharm hum pehle se hain hamara hame is religion se define nahi karna chahiye jiske basis pe aap keh rahe ho hum chote hain hum niche hain you know so this movement also in a way uh, you know influence and, and many of the essays they kind of adopted that now they call themselves adharmis so uh, ye bhi ek uh, 
So now, due to such influences uh, in the popular perception, the state is seen as a caste pool. I mean, there's no untouchability practiced. But the question is, is it true? So let me first of all bust this myth forever by saying casteism exists in Punjab and it is here to stay. The presence of separate Gurdwaras, you see, by Majubi Sikhs, Ravidasiyas, and separate temples by Valmiki still today are an attestation to this argument. In our village, uh, my grandfather, he started this Gurdwara because our people, they were not allowed to you know, get into the Gurdwara. So I have seen it with my own eyes. I mean, how our people, they had to, you know, find separate places. Even my mother tells me stories, like how when they used to go to Gurdwara, they were not allowed to enter. You know, they'll be made to sit outside the Gurdwara and then that's where they were literally, you know, prashad would be thrown into their hands from a distance. So this kind of, you know, uh, this kind of untouchability, of course, was practiced, right? So we can never say that casteism in Punjab does not exist. But why untouchability was not practiced at that scale as that of other parts of India is because Punjab, like I said, is an agriculture state. And majority of SCs, especially Majbi Sikhs, were working as agriculture laborers um, into the fields of the Jats. Uh, and there's this term called series. Uh, you know, uh, used for them who worked as uh, agricultural laborers in the, the field. And many of them, they are still in this kind of occupation. So now when you're working in somebody's field, tending their cattle, doing their household chore, how can they, you know, afford to practice untouchability with you? So it was basically need of the art. They could not afford, they could not, you know, do without them. Probably that, that was one of the reasons that the untouchability was not practiced at that scale or the, at, at that level, right? And then Jats did not really find them untouchable or found their shadows to be defiling or polluting as such, but they were served food from a distance. And also if you have to drink water or tea, separate utensils were kept for them. And this is something which, which was done in other parts of the uh, India as well. So Punjab was no exception to this. And then in Gurdwaras, which in theory is known to be a place where people from all communities, classes, and caste are treated as equals, SEs were not welcomed. They were made to sit outside the Gurdwara and were, like I said, offered prashad from a distance. They were never even allowed to have a look at Guru Granth Sahib, you know. And that became one of the major factors also behind the emergence of Dehras in Punjab. And um, we can have a separate lecture on that one because there are lot many deras in Punjab. Deras are places, you know, where uh, religious uh, uh, teaching by, uh, you know, from Guru Granth Sahib or from uh, Guru Ravidas Pani or from uh, Valmikis or or from uh, Bhagat Nam Dev's Pani. I mean, these kind of uh, preachings are, you know, in a way. Uh, preached to the to the followers and and the head of this dera uh, would address himself as a guru and see majority of population who follow such gurus uh, are SCs, you know because they were discarded by the by the uh, you know gurdwaras and temples so they would find you know another place of worship where they are accepted and valued as equals they were given more attention so that also led to the emergence of deras in punjab so, uh, but you see in the present times, uh, if we have to uh, talk about present uh, scenario of caste uh, in Punjab, one can see that caste uh, is at work in subtler forms, okay? You won't really find people, uh, you know, avoiding you or uh, practicing untouchability, so to say, with you, but they would very carefully avoid uh, you know, uh, avoid you, like in case of marriages, or even in, uh, you see, educational institutes. I'm going to talk more on this now. You see, in villages, uh, uh, one can see uh, the most heinous face of caste. In urban spaces, you cannot see it, you know, uh, in, in, in that, that manner. But in case of villages, uh, caste-based violence is there, of course. And here I would like to mention a case of Bant Singh. I think you must have read about him. There's, uh, there's a book also. Uh, yep. by, you know, 
where uh, this case of Ban Singh is mentioned. See what Ban Singh tried to do. He also belongs to uh, the Malwa bent, uh, as I think so, somewhere from Mansa. And what he was trying to do basically, because I told you, uh, our people, you know, they work as uh, agriculture laborers in the fields of the Jats. So mm -hmm. there was, you know, struggle that they were doing. And Ban Singh was actually, you know, uh, brought in uh, people of his own community. And he told them that we won't work uh, you know, unless our uh, wages are increased, okay, and the judge, in order to teach them a lesson, they almost clenched his body and also molested his daughter, you know. So, uh, you see, such uh, kind of incidents are common in, in, in villages in Punjab, okay. How many of them are reported, that's another story. But yes, casteism is there in, in, in villages in Punjab, and people... Uh, you know, really, I mean, nobody would accept intercaste marriages, especially in villages. Like in city, you, you, you can see some cases, but uh, yes, it is, uh, it is practiced in villages. You know, there are separate, uh, you know, housings as well, in separate colonies of, uh, and uh, scheduled caste people, they live in these separate colonies, and it is called Veda. उस पर्टिकुलर एरिया एंड इट इज यूजली ऑन द आउटस्कर्ट ऑफ ए विलेज ठीक है जो विलेज होता है वहां पे जो डोमिनेट कम्युनिटी के लोग होते हैं उनके अलग से यू नो घर रहते हैं और उनके आउटस्कर्ट पे जो एसीज होते हैं उनका अलग से घर रहते हैं और उसको हम बोलते हैं वेड़ा वहां पे विलेजेस में दे आर कॉल्ड वेड़ा सो देयर आर मेनी नॉवेल्स एज़ वेल लाइक यू कैन रेफर टू गुरजाल सिंह मरी दीवा and many more where the condition of veras is also uh, you know described i mean those are cramped uncongenial places lacking in basic facilities you know and uh, they live in those dirty cramped houses and also you know there are many issues that they're dealing with and there's this issue of shamlat I i'm going to uh, talk more on that and then uh, shamlat is a land also called common land which is issued by the government to the dalits so that they can you know use it for various purposes they can uh, use it for agriculture or for other things just say in case of chamars like if they want to create a hadarodi you know so they can use this land but they are not able to take control of uh, a shamlat as well because of the dominance of jats you know so there is this constant struggle going on even now in villages this piece of uh, you know land or shamlat is given to you know people who are kind of loyal to the jats and anybody who would try to you know resist against them is not given control over uh, you know access to that and punjab being an agriculture state the share of assets in agriculture land is abysmally marginal it is just 2.4% isn't it one of the lowest in india Yes, it is one of the lowest in India. Okay, you see, Punjab is an agriculture state, but and and it has largest population of SEs, and the share of agriculture land by the SEs in Punjab, an agriculture state, is just two point four percent. You know, we have got this Dalit CM. I don't know how he is going to uh, work in this direction, but the you know condition is. really really bad and then various you know measures of land reform green revolution and the other changes in agriculture economy had both a differentiated and contradictory impact on the condition of the so unko matlab iska koi fayda nahi hua green revolution really benefited the you know jats who were having major chunks of land but in case of assis they got more exploited because then they they were laborers uh you know poured in from up and bihar they were involved and as a result as they could not even protest that ki hamari wages were out because then they could have you know they had a uh unke paas ek aur option ho gaya ki wahan to up aur bihar se bhi logo ko bula sakte hain you know so they could not really uh you know to unko iska double nuksan hua unke paas zameene to hai hi nahi hai na aur upar se unki jo wages thi wo bhi kam ho gayi kyunki competition badh gaya so this also adversely affected them and then in educational institutes these days if you see if you are an se student you may be treated differently by your fellow students you know being a jat in a punjabi classroom if i have to use this term 
is such a privilege no matter how bad a student you are if you belong to uh you know if you're an upper caste especially if you're a judge you have you know a position to enjoy nobody's going to judge you for anything right and the worst part is i had a few friends belonging to as a community, they would hide their caste for as long as they can. And they would also use fake surnames, ref naming, that, that, that look like, uh, you know, as judge surnames. I mean, just to avoid the humiliation. And they uh, Can you give dying. certain examples of that? What, what kind of fake surnames are they, they using? I know this problem is in Punjab because obviously for... Yes. Us, I mean, they obviously... Ma, ma, I mean, there are, you know, very popular judge surnames as Man, Dillo, you know, and also Dhaliwal, though, and, and Gil, and many other, you know. So I had this friend who would call her Manjit, uh, call herself Manjit Korman, but she was not a man. But imagine, you know, and I had this friend who also got selected at a very good position as a class one officer in agriculture department. And when he got selected, the list was there in the news newspaper. And uh, he shared with me this story that that was the day my friends got to know that I got selected and uh, in the uh, in the quota, right? And it was like I was really humiliated that day because people got to know about my caste. You know, so here are people who actually want to, uh, you know, use this position as new caste to get the jobs. But at the same time, you know, even they are not at fault. They are being... They're, they're humiliated because they belong to a particular community. This is really sad. So this is something. And then uh, uh, you see in urban spaces, no untouchability is practiced in the sense that, uh, see, I've lived in hostel for a very, very long time. So I've seen people, uh, you know, they eat together, share food, uh, I mean, share their drinks and, and such things are there. I mean, there are no separate postals for us. It's like the other day, uh, you know, I was listening to one of your podcasts where one of uh, the speakers shared that uh, how separate postals, uh, you know, are there for the SEs and non-SEs. And also, even I read a few blogs where I got to know, even in IIMs and AIMs, you know, how I see students are treated. But in case of Punjab, in hostels at least, uh, this case is not there as far as I experienced. So we, uh, we used to eat together, drink together, no such kind of discrimination. I also personally ever felt and never saw being, uh, you know, this kind of treatment being meted out to others as well. So that kind of uh, untouchability, of course, is not there. But in case of, uh, you know, if I have to talk about the relationship between students and teacher, like a non-Dalit teacher or SC student, again, I'll tell you, casteism is practiced but in subtler forms. Okay, I tell you a story of this friend who was a Dalit and she tried to approach uh, this professor for her PhD because she wanted to enroll with him. And the first thing he would tell her that you should work on Dalits because you're because you a Dalit. And uh, she was like, okay. And then he was like, but I won't be able to take you. You should try elsewhere. I have no seat. And the very next day, he took up somebody from, uh, you know, uh, so-called upper caste community, another girl, uh, that made her feel that he rejected her because she belongs to a particular caste, okay? And then we have also, you know, heard about teachers, of course, I cannot name them, who would teach that casteism does not exist and we should not discriminate people on the basis of caste, but in their real lives, they are, you know, really practicing, uh, you know, or judging people on their on the basis of their caste. So it is there, um, but um, what can we call? I would end up, uh, you know, by saying that the problems of the SEs is of humiliation and not of deprivation. Because in per case of Punjab particularly, condition of SEs, the plight of SEs is seen as plight of have-nots, you know, people who are lacking resources. But the problem is not at all of not having resources, but is of humiliation that you experience because of, you know, this particular caste that you belong to. 
Uh, over to you. Uh, so, so, Dr. Kaur, I just had a question here. So, so yeah. about this last point that you have raised. Now, so is the attempt to paint the problem in Punjab in a more Marxist lens where it's a class struggle yes. and not a caste actually, struggle while it is actually absolutely. an identity caste struggle? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Recently, I've also written this paper where I've compared, you know, a writer by Gurdjian Singh, Gurdjian Singh's novel, Marida Diva. And then we have this another writer uh, who has, um, uh, what is his name? There's Bilbir Madhopuri. And there's another short story writer. Okay. So, uh, you know, I tried to compare how Dalit and a non-Dalit writer you know, look at this issue of landlessness of the bits. You know? mm -hmm. Landlessness is an important issue in Punjab. Like I've uh, told in my uh, discussion as well, that the agriculture share of Dalits ka in Punjab, it's very less. You know? Mm -hmm. So how a non-Dalit looks at it and how a Dalit looks at it. Gurdjian Singh looks at it as a, you know, as just a, I mean, it would happen to just anyone as land would be treated as badly as Jagsi, the protagonist of the novel, is treated. But on mm -hmm. the other hand, you see Madhopuri uh, in his autobiography, Changya Rukhi, also talks about how they were discouraged from buying land. Even if you have, you know, enough sufficient funds to buy land, you are discouraged, you know, especially in villages. Or um, uh, then in the stories of Bhagwant Rasulpuri, this is writer from Jalanda, you know, he would say that, um, uh, he would talk about, uh, you know, there the, are the number of stories that tell that even, uh, they, they are not given access to even Shamlat, which is a common land given by the government. Uske bhi they'll have to struggle, you know, and they'll have to, in a way, plead in front of the, of the judges. You know, there is this story called Kumbi Nart. Yeah. The protagonist refuses to vote for a corrupt, uh, you know, jut uh, landlord who is there electing elections and he would outrightly deny choosing him. He's like, I won't vote for you because uh, you have uh, introduced drugs in the village and you're involved into criminal activities. And as a result of it, in the end of the story, this particular person is not given access uh, to the to the Odi that he has created, uh, you know, on that Shamlat land. You know, Chamars were into this business of, uh, uh, you say, uh, skinning the uh, dead animals and then, uh, mm -hmm. you know what Hadar Odi is, right? So, you yeah, know, yeah. You know, to set up their businesses. So, this is the worst kind of tragedy. Or this discrimination because of caste, not because of class uh, hierarchy. And the argument that Dalit thinkers I think give is that you can change your But caste mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you see I'm in academia. And no matter where you reach, at the end of the day, people look at you as a, as a, as a Dalit, you know, your financial status may reach from here to here, but at the end of the day, you know, your identity is confined to, uh, you know, being a Dalit scholar or a Dalit writer or an activist, you're never seen, you know, out of that, out of that, you know, the category. So that, that in itself proves that uh, caste is a factor. Uh, in India that you cannot really get rid of. So so if I was to ask you this question as a follow-up then, then, then look, I'm very open about my views when it comes to the annihilation of caste. I, I openly yes. advocate for the annihilation of caste. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not expecting people to agree with me, but I just think it's a third-rated system. I've never hidden my, my dislike for it. I mean, anybody who watches or listens to this podcast regularly will know that I'm one of the top five caste haters in India. Uh, if if there was ever, ever a camp you know, a competition, I would come very high in that list. But my point is that when it comes to the attempt to annihilate caste, uh, you, you brought an interesting uh, 
dimension here in Punjab. And obviously it is, and I'll give credit where it's due that there are various Sikh organizations and Hindu organizations that have genuinely worked in Punjab, at least for open discrimination. There is this case in Punjab where open discrimination when it comes to Chua Chut, which is Wo definitely Punjab mein nahi hai. And obviously you brought in the, uh, the the angle of agriculture and basically, as they say, the market eventually teaches everyone a lesson, whether we like it or not. Like, let's say we urbanize and when you urbanize, you become more cosmopolitan. And when you become more cosmopolitan, you're kind of forced to deal with people even when you don't like it. But in spite of that, let's start with this. How the hell did Punjab, and I say this as a Punjabi myself, and I consider you a Punjabi too. Anybody, if we are all so as two Punjabis, if we are talking about this, how the hell did Punjab manage to convince everyone, as they say in Punjabi, as a How did they manage that? That is what I said in the beginning of my talk. Popular perception is this, but if you could talk to Dalits in Punjab, they will never say this. They will never say this. Yes, like the, my entire argument is based on this. Untouchability in Punjab is not practiced on those lines on purity pollution syndrome, the way it is practiced, say, in Haryana, UP, or in southern parts of India. You know, it, it is it was not practiced on that grand scale, but casteism does exist. Okay, people are humiliated because of their caste, they are discriminated because of their caste and they have to suffer till now i mean you know this uh, this issue of shamlat and this issue of equal share in agriculture land is still there you know i know in punjab this kisan andolan is going on and anything you comment upon it becomes controversial but what about SEs in punjab are they given their share of land that has always been my concern and i always raise this issue at every platform what about their share of land, right? But the, again, like I'm coming to uh, the question that I mean, it is, you know, it is it is a perception that is created. When they movies, in their songs, there is no mention of SCs. So people don't think that there is something happening there. You know, if, if you go to, see, uh, you belong to Maharashtra, and the theater there is so active, especially the Dalit theater, if we talk about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, Actively, I mean, the literature is also there. There are so many Dalit writers who have written But Punjab, the Dalit literature is now. I mean, it's a recent phenomenon, I told you. You know, these writers that I refer to, Balbir Madhupuri, Pagwantar Rasulpuri, and there are a few others. Recently, their uh, writings uh, have come into forefront. Before that, who was talking about Dalits? It was progressive writers, you know, who were representing them on behalf of Dalits. And they were showing as if Dalit question or Dalit issue is not even an issue because it is a class conflict. So, so far in, in, in cinema, in popular culture, and also in popular Punjabi literature, caste was never depicted as a factor determining the social reality of its individual. That's one of the major reasons behind this kind of perception of Punjab. But I believe in the years to come, people would be uh, listening, uh, you know, more about uh, casteism in Punjab. And uh, I time and again tell why did it took, uh, you know, it take 75 years for Punjab to elect a Dalit CM. Uh, that in itself, you know, is an argument that can be made in this direction to counter that argument that casteism does not exist in Punjab. Why, why did it take that long? You know. And even from the logic of proportionate representation, okay, let us yes. take it uh, Punjab post, uh, you know, post uh, getting separated from Haryana and Himachal. So we even talk yes. about that in the yes. entire history, other than that one case when I think, kya naam tha unka, Gyani Jail Singh, kya naam tha unka, naam hi bhool gaya. Yes, yes. Gyani Jail Singh. Wo, wo the, I think wo Ravidasi community se the, if I remember uh, correctly. So unko chhodke, I don't remember anybody who's become a chief minister in Punjab now, obviously, uh, excluding the current CM. Secondly, when it comes to absolute numbers in the population, I think Dalits are the highest number in, in right. the population. But then, then we have to talk about this aspect also. And I, and I, 
keep getting reminded of the famous exchanges between Savarkar and Ambedkar also in this issue that, you know, even like Savarkar was also a reformer in Maharashtra and Ambedkar obviously is from Maharashtra. And and I being born and raised in Maharashtra, maybe my exposure is a lot more to Maharashtra politics than Punjab politics right, uh, right. because because of the, you know, I, I'm just born here. Now, e- even when, you know, caste and casteism and discrimination was discussed in, in Maharashtra, Savarkar would always, uh, you know, Savarkar was, I think, even more when it came to, you know, rigid, uh, when it came to the annihilation of caste, I think even more than Ambedkar in certain aspects. Savarkar was like just nuke it, you know, it's a third grade system, just, you know, mm-hmm. drop it, <laughs> drop a nuclear bomb on it and get rid of this third class system. But even then, I, and, and I was trying to study Punjabi politics and and it's not that there is a unified Dalit vote bank in Punjab either. Even from, you know, the Mazhabi Sikhs are more towards the Akalis and the ones from Dwaba originally were from, uh, you know, were more Congress leaning. Then in between, they went to um, uh, Bahujan Samaj Party and then they weaned away again from the Bahujan Samaj Party back to the Congress. Obviously, now with the Aam Admi Party coming in, and I don't want to make this political. I don't have anything yeah. to do about the politics. But what I'm trying to make my point is that even inside the community, it's not like... There is one sense of identity. The, the weird thing about our society, and I have found this in Maharashtra also, where, where the Mahar uh, community is there and the Mang community is there, they would discriminate against each other also. Yes. What the I hell is wrong with us as people? Yes, I want to come to that point because it's really important. I always wanted to talk about it. And you see, even uh, Punjab, among SEs, there are number of hierarchies because uh, see, otherwise you see in case of population Madhvi Sikh come number one and then come Chamar. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know Chamar being uh, uh, resourceful, uh, they have always dominated the other communities. Also, they consider themselves as far more superior than the other, you know, uh, scheduled caste and they won't, you know, marry their children into other SE caste because they consider themselves as you know belonging to much higher uh, you know category and uh, this is something and also because they were resourceful they were more educated uh, and uh, they took control over the politics of the state you know even um, this Dalit CM who has uh, really been appointed as a CM uh, it is said that uh, he belongs to maybe Ramdasya community and um, uh, but uh, you know Valmikis and Majbi Sikhs they are always given uh, secondary status by the Chamars they are not you know really uh, uh, respected by them you know, they won't marry their children into Valmikis or Majbi Sikhs because they think the, these the people of these castes, they are inferior than us. You know, so these kind of caste-based hierarchies in Punjab, they exist. And as Dalit thinkers, I think we need to question that as well. And again, I would say it is really sad when you, uh, you know, uh, I mean, that's why I, I believe uh, there's not been a single uh, you know, unified uh, Dalit movement in Punjab because the SEs are divided into various sections and each section, you know, thinks of itself as to be, you know, better off than others. They have, you know, the, the Jamars are more into, uh, you know, Hindu religion and what we say is they have, uh, in a way, adopted the teachings of Guru Granth Sahib and they are into that sect and then Valmikis, they are also in Hindu. Uh, they are to believe in Hindu tradition, I believe. And then we have also a number of SCs who have adopted Christianity, you know, who changed their religion because uh, Christian missionaries, they were offering them food, shelter, education, and a number of other things. And that's one of the important factors that uh, led to, uh, you know, in a way, uh, mass level uh, you know, conversion in Punjab. And uh, they also would change their names, they would call themselves, I mean, they would attach this surname called Masi and, and, and many others, uh, you know, in Punjab. So these are the various sections of Essies in Punjab, in the Valmikis, uh, Majbis, Jamars, and then there are Essies who have adopted Christianity. Okay. And uh, in case of villages, you see, if you would read literature from Punjab, you would get to know that, uh, you know, even for cremation ground, there are conflicts. 
you know, because um, Dalit Christian, they would say that uh, we are going to use this land for burying our uh, burying our dead, and then the Valmikis would say that we want, uh, uh, you know, a separate one for uh, our people, and then the Vajmi. So these kind of conflicts are there. You know, when do we fight with caste discrimination? So even after converting, they yes. don't change. So what's the point of converting? You're still in the yes. shit system. Yes. Actually, you know, um, there are so many aspects of looking at this problem. Because the majority of the people who would convert into Christianity were either belonging to, uh, you know, Majvisi caste or the Valmikis, basically. And the reason uh, behind conversion, like I can, uh, whatever I'm saying, I'm not saying as an expert, but the literature that I've read, and I'm making these statements on the basis of the literature I've read in, in Punjab, right? So uh, the basic reason behind the conversion was poverty. And also the humiliation that they experienced at, uh, you know, religious places. I mean, when you are... And, you know, not given entry to the temple or a gurdwara, but you want a place of worship for yourself. You know, there's this story, Bible, uh, this uh, mother, uh, this uh, this man called, uh, uh, what, what did uh, I, I mentioned him earlier as well, Bhagwan Tirusulpuri. So in that hmm. story, there is this dialogue by this character. I really, uh, you know, got touched by it. तो वो अपने एक फ्रेंड को कहता है कि मैं चर्च इसलिए जाता हूं क्योंकि वहां पे जो पादरी है जो प्रीस्ट है वो मुझे बड़ी इज्जत से बुलाता है और हम वहां पे जाके कुर्सियों पे बैठते हैं यू नो सच ए प्रिविलेज राइट सो ही इज लाइक हमें गुरुद्वारा में मंदिर में एंटर नहीं करने दिया जाता पर वहां पे हमें बहुत इज्जत मिलती है वो हमें यू नो बराबरी देते हैं so see one of the factor it was when you were not given entry to the religious places of worship in punjab number of people converted to christianity because in christianity there is no concept of caste and probably that became one of the reason second reason of course was the financial support that these people used to provide them right so yes Okay, now, uh, Dr. Kaur, I'm going to start incorporating all the questions of the live viewers. I'm going to try and... Uh, okay, so somebody had asked, why isn't Punjabi culture uh, criticized as much? I think we've already answered that. Uh, so I'm not going to take that. Uh, okay, this is... Uh, uh, okay, I'm aware of it because I stayed in Canada, but uh, I don't know if you're aware of it. So in the Sikh community outside India, I mean, whether the Hindu community is discussed uh, en masse outside India... But nobody talks about discrimination in the Sikh community outside India. So I'll give you a, I, I don't know what's the ratio of it. But I know uh, in Canada, there were cases of discrimination. Obviously, it, these are covert, uh, uh, not overt or open discrimination. But uh, the same thing I used to notice in Canada. I don't know if you've uh, heard from, you know, Dalit activists yes. in Canada or UK and America where, you know, even their Gurdwaras will not give them positions of power or give them entry have you heard the stories in the yes, diaspora I'm community? yes i'm aware of uh, aware of it and i would like to talk about it uh sure. see i got uh, this exposure i i got to know about uh this casteism or caste discrimination happening abroad while i was doing my phd research on blogging i found a few blogs which were written um, by the late nris and uh, they had written their stories of discrimination on those blogs, like how caste travels with you. You know, you can never leave your caste behind. You may think that you're going to another country wherein there is no, like I just said, in Christianity, there is no concept of caste. Okay. But if you are an Indian and going at, you know, abroad, your caste is going to travel with you. And there are some Indians who are already there, you know, and now... Uh, you know, when, when you reach there, the first thing that you ask is your caste. And when those people, they get to know about your caste, they discriminate with you, you know, and they, they will not, uh, they will not help you. And yes, you rightly said, and there as well, they are not even, you know, there as well, these are dominating, uh, you know, land and community, the Jatsu who have already traveled there, they have, you know, settled their own setups and in Gurdwaras, they, they do dominate the entire you know, thing and excess of the essays in, in, in the Gurdwara and the other places of worship uh, again. 
you know is an is an issue yes casteism is practiced abroad though we in punjab do not talk very much about it because there are other issues that we are more concerned about but this is an issue and it needs to be addressed seriously there are few literary writers that it uh, writers who are talking about such stories as well but again they are not part of mainstream literature so we don't really know about them but i think in near future this too is going to become one of the major issue right. because the level at which punjabis are traveling or going abroad is is significant almost every third child uh, we come across is pursuing ielts and they want all they want to uh, do is go abroad because i must say this year i don't know i should or not but in punjab i think from past you know 20 22 years there are no post of uc assistant professors in college uh, our children they are you know devastated they are jobless and all they are left with this you know this option of going abroad this is again uh, an issue of serious concern all right so somebody has asked this is actually a very interesting question somebody has asked could you tell us what are the clan names shared between jats and sc communities are they the same people divided by class at a later date like are or are there common names or it's just that because of casteism in punjab people have started taking those names so that they are not discriminated against i don't know so i'm just asking you this question yeah. on behalf of sure 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 i'll take uh <clears throat> this is a issue addressed at number of forums but uh, i don't know uh, how it originated basically but uh, see my my surname as well, you know uh, we are just given these surnames we don't know how they actually uh, i am told i read uh, you know some some articles where it was told you know earlier there was this case that a particular village you know will have the all people belonging to a particular village would have this particular surname maybe you know all the people that belong to that village uh, you know would carry the surname which was taken up by the uh, you know the sarpanch or the other other land owner okay this is one of the uh, argument which is uh, presented but yes uh, there is another side as well there are some people who would uh like i mentioned in my talk as well who would actually you know fake uh, i mean uh, who would actually use uh, a jat surname just to hide their own identity it is both way there are some who actually have those surnames they can't really do anything about it they're not faking it because the surname is being carried forward since their grandparents okay so they cannot really do about it. but there are some who actually you know use these Uh, surname in order to hide their real caste, in order to conceal their identity as Dalits. All right. So someone has asked: Is there a strong socio-religious political movement which is also related to New Buddhism in Punjab, or that that New Buddhism really did not make any inroads there? Yeah, I think I agree to this. I mean, you won't find uh, anything related to Buddhism in Punjab. It has never influenced people of Punjabs in future. We don't know. But so far, um, I have not come across anything. I mean, because of the influence of Sikhism uh, in Punjab, uh, that may be one of the reasons. Um, I cannot find any roots of Buddhism. also could, could it be the case that uh, in the case of uh, maharashtra and some parts of india you know the space uh, like in punjab the space of new buddhism maybe was taken by all the deras yes yes yeah that's that could be one of the factors and see those deras they are doing what they are just teaching them the preachings of their gurus you know something if they'll go to gurudwara same things are being preached by agaranti i mean somebody जो वहां पे पाठ करते हैं उनको ग्रंथ ही बोलते हैं है ना तो वो आपको गुरु ग्रंथ साहब से वही चीजें पढ़ा रहे हैं और डेराज में क्या है कि वो आपको गुरु ग्रंथ साहब की जो टीचिंग्स हैं या स्क्रिप्चर में जो लिखा है उसको सिंप्लीफाई करके बताते हैं है ना क्योंकि जो दलित हैं हम ये मानते हैं कि मेजोरिटी ऑफ देम देवर उन्होंने उनको सिंप्लीफाई करके उन टेक्स को समझाया 
वो वही करते हैं है ना दे आर नॉट टीचिंग समथिंग न्यू और डेरास क्या करते हैं वो उन लोगों को अटेंशन देते हैं है ना वहां पे जाके उनको महसूस होता है दे आर इक्वल एंड दे आर जस्ट सिटिंग इन फ्रंट ऑफ देयर गुरु हु इज हु इज नॉट जजिंग देम बिकॉज़ दे बिलोंग टू अ पर्टिकुलर कास्ट एंड वहां पे दे आल्सो गेट फूड एंड अदर थिंग्स सो दीस बिकम द फैक्टर्स बिहाइंड द पॉपुलैरिटी ऑफ डेरास इन पंजाब ऑलराइट सो अनदर पॉप कल्चर इमेज ऑफ पंजाब अनफॉर्चूनेटली इज ड्रग्स Yes. So somebody has asked this question. Uh, uh, is drugs uh, a real concern in Punjab, and is it also a concern amongst the scheduled castes in Punjab? And are there movements to wean them out uh, of these? Are there de-addiction centers or something or that sort that's happening in Punjab at a social level? Um, see, I've not got much in this direction, but whatever I'll be commenting on this question would be on the basis of my reading. Uh, the news sure. that it or the you know the various articles that have come across uh, drug abuse is a reality in punjab we uh, may keep denying it but it is there and uh, it is there in the uh, you know uh, border areas uh, if you see tarantaran district and uh, many others there people are involved you know i've just heard such stories from my colleagues who belong to that area and that's one of the reason that majority of the youngster are sent abroad you know the parents they want to save them from that impact of you know drugs and all um yes i mean when you know mrinder singh he came to power uh, in, in, the, in the previous elections this was one of the biggest promise that he made that he would um, you know make punjab drug free uh and uh, even the congress people they they you know accept at time that he they they could not work uh, you know in a manner uh, in which he had promised so i don't know like uh, how long this is going to take and how many scs are involved in the drugs this uh, area i think i cannot comment upon it this uh, yet need to So there's no study basically done right in India which yeah, actually shows yeah. anything but yes it can make an interesting study but in right. rural areas so, we have heard that usually because these people they work in the field and most of their work is menial uh, so yes i mean they they consume of course drugs in order to take a lot of work from their body and, you know see they are rickshaw pullers they are agricultural laborers and then you know there were times when they also used to clean toilets and all so yeah i mean to do that kind of work sometime you know you have to i'm not in a way encouraging but this is the condition of dalits um, which is mentioned in various stories and literature and also you know some literature related to punjab that have come across all right so so dr kaur i'll leave you with this last question and then maybe we'll wrap it up so okay we know there are problems in punjab and and from what i have understood is the dynamics of uh, caste or jati varna whatever we want to call it uh, is unique and area specific so what might work in maharashtra may not work in punjab what might work in punjab may not work in tamil nadu what might work in tamil nadu may not work in the northeast so in that case what do you think now obviously we have from the uh, reservations in india which has obviously worked in my opinion i mean i'm pro i'm someone who's very pro reservations it has obviously worked in india and it has led to uh, you know people from the oppressed caste to come up in life and get opportunities and i think it is just uh, uh, in 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 every parameter in my view but it also has created a sort of a parallel situation where whether we like it or not our jati identity or our caste identity just doesn't leave us i mean i'll be very and i know i understand some when i say some sometimes i have these discussions with my friends and and i tell them look i really don't care about my identity uh, or my surname or my you know it's it's there it's just a you know few words that are attached to my name and i could care less about it and you know somebody is like tu khatri hai matlab main nachu agar main khatri hu main kya karu but uh, but then when i have these discussions and i remind people that whether you like it or not all the gurus were also only khatri it is not by coincidence it is by design whether you like it or not these are facts of life and so in the future how do we work around it is my last question to you dr kor that look you're someone 
who's living in India, who's a teacher, who's come up in life the hard way, you've faced discrimination as an individual. You have seen things around you. You have seen people who have faced discrimination. But then how do we get rid of this problem where the more we try to maybe play the identity politics game, in a way we kind of give fuel to the fire. So what is the solution in your view? And maybe that's our last question there. Yes, this is a really interesting and I think one of the most important questions. My personal belief has always been like this, that caste can never be eradicated because now it has become, you know, uh, in a way, one of the factors in, in our elections as well. You know, Dalits as well, I mean, in order to, you know, get political mileage or in order to sustain their identity or so they would, you know, they have created, uh, uh, you know, this um, kind of uh, scenario where they want the the the, the caste to, to 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 stay. I mean, they they too are not working in any way to eradicate the caste. But now they have, you know, mobilized their people, you know, to feel proud of their identity. You know, so these groups are there. They create pressure on the governments, you know, in order to. Uh, take various kind of benefits from the government. So, you know, so it has uh, become their identity now and uh, they are really able to utilize it for various kind of political gains and various political leaders as well belonging to the community. It has become a necessity for them, whether we, uh, you know, accept it or not, you know. So they cannot really survive without it. So... India that Ambedkar was envisioning um, practically uh, is not possible. You know, a caste casteless society is not practically possible because caste in India today has become a determining factor at every level. You know, social, political, cultural, economic. So it is a it is a political necessity. So it is here to stay. This is my personal belief. I just hope I improve on long in future after a few years, but <laughs> it is here. It is here. It is very much here. And and we should be okay with it. We should accept our caste and we should not let other people tell us that you are no caste or you are no caste. Just say that this is my caste, it is just that. And that's what Gandhi was also saying, I believe. It's interesting. You know, Gandhi was like it it, it is a you know hierarchical uh, categorization or the positioning which is troublesome not the caste actually so it is like that you know the stigma that is attached to a particular uh, uh, caste group that's problematic not the caste that's an interesting point of view. Obviously, uh, we, we we have differing opinions on this. I believe when you create a hierarchical system which has no upward mobility and fluidity, it creates a nightmare scenario like we have in India. And in my opinion, I'm, I'm not saying you have to agree with me. I think we've yeah. come to a point in India where this system has become so garbage, so, so shitty that uh, mm-hmm. i just want to throw it out and uh, otherwise i don't know what else is going to happen but i but i hear your point of view in fact it's very interesting because in my in my discussions with abhinav prakash uh, professor abhinav prakash from from delhi also abhinav is also of a similar view and abhinav has always said that look annihilation of caste is not going to happen so i'm not going to bother about it but uh, uh, as they say you know uh, some people are hopeless romantics i'm one of them so <laughs> i will constantly work and hope is- caste gets annihilated yes. The problem is uh, the hierarchy, you know, if we accept that, yes, we belong to different caste and it is okay, you know, so being different, you know, and being part of particular hierarchical, you know, category, you know, so problem is hierarchy, you know, Mm -hmm. not the difference. So there is this, we need to understand this thing. Fair enough. I get your point. And if, yes, yes. I get your point. So uh, we'll wrap our discussion up uh, over here, guys. So once again, uh, Dr. Kaur, uh, thanks a lot uh, and having a chat with us. This was very interesting because Punjab is one place which is which is usually not discussed. And uh, and and uh, and I am really grateful to you for coming uh, to the podcast and uh, and you know having a chat with us. Thank you so much, Kushal. Uh, it was really good interacting with you. I don't know how much uh, uh, your your 
uh, uh, urge about with Java. I have saturated, but yeah, I tried. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I've tried my best, like to address uh, as many queries I could. I hope to see you again sometime. Thank you so much. Oh, you bet. Oh, you bet. You can bet on that. I'll be calling you again and again on the uh, podcast. All right, guys. Thank you so much once again. All right, guys, time to end today's discussion. So before we go, I'll just want to leave you guys with a few words of and my thoughts on my own. Look, I don't want to re reiterate my views on caste. Everybody knows my views on Jati Varna caste, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I will keep working on uh, and sharing my views on it and uh, hope that it gets annihilated. And if I say annihilated, if not, it gets diluted to the point that your caste identity just does not matter. And yeah, I always believe there is only one ism that can kill casteism and that is capitalism. So please we'll keep working on capitalism. Punjivad Jatiwad ko khatam karega. But Punjab was, you know, an enigma. Everybody, you know, say everything about Punjab is just dim luck, luck, dim, dim luck, luck. Everybody's dancing. Somebody's doing Bhangra. Somebody's doing the Gidda. But Punjab had a dark side to it. I, look, I am not ashamed of my Punjabi ethnicity. So don't get me wrong. Nor am I ashamed of my Indian ethnicity or my Hindu ethnicity. I don't think the Sikh ethnicity is not mine. I actually think the Sikh ethnicity is also mine. The Buddhist ethnicity is also mine. The Jain ethnicity is also mine. So I don't think in those ways. But the point is that we have to talk about problems in our society. And I feel as an ethnic, ethnically Punjabi person, I should have spoken about it. And I've done my job. Now, if you're a Punjabi, I don't want you to be triggered about this. I don't want you to give me the standard apology. Please accept it. Face the facts and act towards it. I'll end you uh, end today's podcast on those notes. So once again, please subscribe to the channel, like the video. Also, go and read Dr. Kaur's blogs in the description of the podcast, whether it's this video version or it's going to be the other audio version that I'm going to extract and upload in a bit. You're going to see the link to her blogs. Please go and read her blogs. Please consistently read. She's going to be writing. She's also working on a book which will be coming on. And once her books come, book comes out, we'll call her again on the podcast and talk about the book too. Uh, other than that, please support the Charbuck podcast. Become a member of the channel or subscribe on Patreon or send your donations to UPI or buy the Charbuck podcast merch. I'll see you next time. Until then, namaste. Take care. Goodbye.